Good evening, Los Angeles. This is Amanda Manier with the Veterans Voice. I am a veteran advocate and an attorney at the Veterans Law Group. And I am the host here this evening where we are spending our time for the next hour talking about all of those things that are affecting veterans and their families, specifically in relation to disability benefits or benefits in general. Um, this show every Tuesday night from 7 to 8 o'clock. Um, sometimes we're here recorded and we have interviewed, we're interviewing some people who are doing wonderful things in the veteran space and other times like tonight. We are live and we are taking your calls. Um, so if you are a veteran out there who is kind of trying to navigate the disability claim or a family member of somebody who's doing that and you've got some questions, uh, we have worked in this industry for about 25 years. It is all we do, um, helping veterans and their families deal with the VA and all of the bureaucracy and sometimes frustrations of dealing with the VA and how to get the benefits that you're entitled to and you deserve and the what you signed up for and what we agreed as civilians to give you as part of serving your country. So if you have any questions about that and you want to reach out to us, our number here, again, we are live this evening, is 800-222-5222. That's 800-222-KABC. As I mentioned before, I am the managing attorney at the Veterans Law Group, and that's what we do. If, if for some reason you ever want to reach out to us off air, um, I know sometimes people don't want to talk about their disability claim live on air. You are always welcome to call with an alias. I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> but if you ever want to reach out to us directly, um, I set up an email address for us that is Veterans Voice, which is the name of the show, at veteranslaw.com, which is the name of our law firm. Um, periodically, I have a co-host joining us, and probably the most prominent one lately is uh, Star. She is a U.S. Air Force veteran. She is a paralegal, and she works in this industry alongside me as well. So she has a very unique perspective of helping us, um, not only because of what she has gone through herself. She knows it from the legal aspect. She knows it from personally going through it. Um, husband, grandfather, I don't know, you can list all of your family members, <laughs> all of your accolades here, but um, she is a U.S. Air Force veteran, and I just want to say hi and welcome, and if you would just take a minute or so just to introduce yourself for anybody who's new here. Yes, hello. Um, so I served in the Air Force from 2008 to 2012, um, but I do come from a long line of military personnel. Um, mostly I married into it. My husband's side of the family It's all forms of the military. Um, so we have like every branch on his side. Um, and I basically worked with my grandfather's claim, which was one of the older claims to the newer claims with, with my husband's and mine. But I've also worked with my uncles and some of the other um, different wars. So it's basically a little bit of everything that I've kind of seen with my time here. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's been one of the things that as I, as I always say, it's the joy of my life to do shows like this to help veteran service organizations and do all that kind of thing. But one of the things I love the most is that most of the people that I work with on a day to day basis as part of our team here are veterans themselves or family members of veterans. So you all, you all know firsthand of what our clients are going through and many of the listeners and callers and that um, would be going through as well. It's a 
can be can be an incredibly frustrating process. I, um, you know, I try to curb my cynicism a little bit because I know that people who reach the point that they want to reach out to an attorney that they're Google searching in the middle of the night frustrated is usually the times in which the VA does not get it right. Um, and those are the ones that we see. But I also know that there are times that the VA does get it right. And there are some incredibly good people that work at the VA. And there's also people that I would like to strangle and do other things too. I'm sure you feel the same way. <laughs> exactly. It, it seems like there's minority of good and majority of making it very, very difficult for veterans. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, sometimes it's funny because when I do some PR, um, it's often that there are times where I feel like, you know, people ask me, what is it? What is the problem with the VA? Like, what is it? And it's like some some of it really is just government bureaucracy, red tape, that kind of thing. Other times it is, you know, the not knowing it's a it's an education perspective of like the veteran not necessarily knowing what it is that they need to provide to the VA in order to get them what the benefits that are needed. And so, you know, it, I look at our job as making it easy for the VA to grant benefits and also for the veterans. So trying to stay on good sides of both of those. And, and one of the best compliments that I ever got was sitting in a hearing with a uh, decision review officer. And he looked at our client and he said, yeah, we like working with them because they make it easy. They give us exactly what we need to grant your claim. And that to me is like one of the biggest compliments that we can get, at least from the VA perspective. So um, it's all about putting the right ducks in the row and the right timing in order to get things that are, you know, together. You also have, you know, some bad apples. I'm sure you've experienced some of that as well. Um, and in addition exactly. to that, just again, going back to the government bureaucracy. Yes. So one of the things, again, we're taking your calls live this evening. I generally, when we do live calls like this, I like to pick a topic to talk about, um, kind of prep a little bit about that. But if you guys have anything you're listening in and you have anything that you have questions about or just want to talk about just within this military veteran space, feel free to call in. Um, our number again is 800-222-5222. We'll take your calls based upon this topic or um, the topic that we're going to talk about or or any other questions that you have. Um, one of the interesting things last week, um, Star wasn't with us, but we had a caller in who, um, as many of you, and I'm sure including you, Star, got the email from the VA that was this broadcast email about um, them proposing changes to some of the regulations with regards to how they rate things like tinnitus, sleep apnea, and some mental health. And before we moved on to um, anything else, I would love to start to get your perspective on it. I'm, I, you know, when, when I see, pro I'm a lawyer, so when I see proposed regulations, there's part of me that's like, oh, I got to dig into that and see what it's about. There are so many proposed changes that happen within the veteran community. Um, I mean, we've been talking about changes to presumptives with regards to like bladder cancer for Asian Orange for five, seven, eight years. They finally did it last year, you know, so I don't get too too excited about it, but I don't know if you want to speak maybe from a better, veteran's perspective when you get those emails, kind of what the reaction is. Those are some really important, you know, presump not presumptives, but, but disabilities and how they're changing the ratings that would be applied to people of your generation. Exactly. Um, I think I'm... I might be a little bit more jaded um, than most veterans just because I see this on a daily basis and I see 
how the VA it has constantly changed. Like in the six years that I've been doing VA disability um, appeals with the attorneys as a paralegal, um, I have seen how they'll offer something and then pull it back right away. So I don't get too excited because I know that a proposal is just a proposal. It doesn't mean they're actually going to do anything about it. Um, but I can see it from the veteran side. Like I know I get calls from my relatives that are like, Hey, what about this? You know, like they just sent this out. So I know that there is an excitement and I wish the VA would clarify a little bit better when they send that out and state it in a way that they, that veterans understand, like this is just a proposal and it's just the beginning process. Um, and it's not something that is guaranteed at this point. Sure. And the other thing we were talking about last week is that you also have the opportunity, even as, you know, members of the public and veterans to respond to those. It's open for comments for 60 days for a reason. And you don't have to be a lawyer or a, you know, veteran service organization. You can provide your comments and your feedback as well. Um, That's why it's there. That's why those 60 days are there to do that. so I believe we have a couple of callers, and I'm going to start with Ron in Covina. Are you with us, Ron? Yes. Thank um, you so much for joining us. Go for it. Um, I have, uh, I'm uh, 50% dis- uh, service-connected disability rated, and I wanted to get an increase based on three claims. One was for tinnitus and uh, one for moderate sleep apnea, and the third for severe osteoarthritis in my right hip. I had two questions. One, I'd heard that uh, tinnitus was any service member uh, putting in a claim for tinnitus. It's an automatic ten percent. Is that correct? It will. It maxes at ten percent. So you there. There's very few that you'll ever see where they service connect tinnitus, but they give you a zero percent. Generally, uh-huh. if they're going to service connect you for tinnitus, they're going to give you the ten percent, and that's the max that you can get. So there's not much to go with on that if you got the ten. Okay. Uh, the other question was, um, I'm scheduled, I've got the, the osteoarthritis, severe osteoarthritis in my right hip. Now, uh, assuming I put in the claim and then I'm s- supposed to, I'm on the track to get scheduled for surgery. I got to lose some weight first. Now, if I get a hip replacement, what happens to my claim? If you are service connected for that condition, so mm-hmm. if you do, you already have the you already have at least service connection for the arthritis in your right hip. No. Okay, so you would need That's to the get one, that one of the ones I was going to try and get is an additional claim. Okay, and Star, you can jump in on this too because I know you've done a lot of the temporary claims. But for something that you're getting a surgery for that is service-connected, they will pay you at a 100% rate if you are out, essentially out of being able to work and you need to be on kind of convalescent leave at home for a period of 21 days. They'll pay you at the 100% rate for that 21-day period of time. Two things have to happen for you. One is that you need to get it service-connected, and two, you need to apply for that temporary 100%. So if if you file now... And you, you know, maybe it takes you six months to get it service connected, but they service connect it, and you've shown that you've been in surgery, then during that period of time, they'll pay you the 100%, and then you'll go back to whatever percentage that they give you. So there's a couple of moving parts there that you need to. And Star, you've done a number of 100%ers here, if you want to chime in. So I would like to just point out that it has to be 
requested prior to the surgery. So if you were to request that after you have the surgery, then they're more likely to come back and not give you the 100% of the surgery. So even if you get the claim in prior to the surgery, you can still request that claim at the same time as the 100%. So you're requesting the service connection and then you're requesting the surgery time at the same time, but you don't put in for the 100% until after the surgery has occurred. So it's recommended to put in for the claim and wait for that decision. But in the meantime, if you're waiting for that decision, put in the new claim for the surgery as soon as the surgery happens. But you need to have the post-op report from your doctor that states you're down for such and such time. Um, mm. So usually like your hip disorder, um, I know when I had the mine because I have um, surgery that I had on my hip for a screw placement. Um, I was down for at least one month. It was 30 days. And that's including physical therapy. So just make sure to put that paperwork from your doctor that includes how long and in, with the physical therapy with the new claim when you do it for the surgery as well. Yeah, and I will. We're coming up against a break here, but I'll just clarify. You can certainly put in for it beforehand, but they are going to need those post-op surgery notes with the doctor's notes about how long you're going to be out of commission. Um, so all of that is important, but you can start right away with the initial claim to get the service connection done um, or at least started as part of the process because you got a two-pronged thing going on there. Right. So if I wanted okay. your law firm to handle that for me, what, uh, how would I get started? You would definitely reach out to our office. We only handle appeals. There's a, a statutory requirement that nobody can actually charge a veteran for filing a claim. Um, but we, you can certainly reach out to our office at the 888-811-0523 is our direct line number. And our team star might be somebody that you talk to would help you to kind of get the process started and point you in the right direction. We'll be right back. This is Amanda with the Veterans Voice talking all about VA benefits this evening. Well, this is Amanda Manier. I am your host here this evening with the Veterans Voice. Um, we join you every Tuesday evening from 7 to 8 o'clock, uh, sometimes recorded. This evening we are live and taking your calls live. This show is all about highlighting and celebrating veterans and their families, providing just some re recent news of things that are affecting veterans and how, you know, our, you know, kind of suggestion on how that can help you and your family. Um, and we've been working within the VA disability benefits um, for 25 years as attorneys. So we've got quite a bit of experience. And so I'd love to answer your questions as uh, veterans or family members of veterans about kind of what's going on in um, this field, specifically with VA disability benefits, navigating that process, dealing with the bureaucracy and some of the frustration. And we were talking before the break, some of the, with Ron and Covina, some of the things related to, you know, opening up new claims and um, getting kind of the process started, especially if you've got an upcoming surgery that would be on a potentially service-connected um, disability, so a hip surgery in that in that specific circumstance that we're talking about. We're also joined this evening by Star. She is a paralegal in our office and a U.S. Air Force veteran. She's also super helpful when it comes to some of the nuances of dealing with the VA, um, specifically related to things like filing for 100%. Because we can talk, you know, there's, there's definitely very specific answers about, okay, this is what the regulation says or what the VA says of how you should file something. 
And then our experience of like, well, actually the better way of going about it is X, Y, and Z. So we were talking a little bit before we went to break of, you know, you can certainly file a service connected condition before you go in for surgery, but the VA isn't going to really do anything on it until you have those post-op surgery notes that re- that's indicate that you need at least 21 days out in, um, you know, basically convalescent care um, that you're getting support and needing somebody to actually help along with that. Um, so I hope that Ron, we answered your question. I think there was something else on sleep apnea. Um, I don't know if Ron is still on with us that we want to address sleep apnea or if we should move on to the next caller. Ron, are you still with us? Okay, so Ron moved on. Um, Ron, if you have a question about that sleep apnea, it is a very common question. I'd be happy to address some of those things. In actually some of our previous shows, we've sp- spoken specifically to sleep apnea, some of the ways that you can get service connected not only direct service connection if you've had some symptoms in service, but also um, there's a lot of buzz out there of like how do you get service connected secondary to PTSD. Um, There was a lot of um, influx of claims that were secondary to PTSD and the VA kind of did their little weird freak out about it and denied a whole bunch of claims and then there's ways in which you can get that happening. So if that's something that Ron, that you're interested in, I did give you our number to our office and and our team here can help you with that or you can call back in. Um, I would like to take another call. We have Bessie in Lawndale. Is Bessie with us? I am. Thank you for taking my call. Absolutely. What can I do for you this evening? Well, so I'm a Navy veteran um, and I did the process myself to apply for service-connected benefits. I don't even recall because I got out in 98 but then I tried to appeal um, about eight years ago um, at a, one of the side offices in Gardena, California. And at that time, um, I was told to omit certain things if it was going to lead to mental health or anything related to anything mm-hmm. that might have happened traumatic as a female. And so I was only told to put in my fibromyalgia. And I was, um, and so they said it, it gets too complicated and messy, so leave it out. So I did, and I only did the fibromyalgia, and I was at, I was given 0%. Um, mm-hmm. Later on, a few years ago, about five years ago, I found my medical records. I was a medical corpsman, mm-hmm. so attached to the Marines, and um, I, I couldn't remember, and I guess I kept my medical records. They kept part of it, and so at that time, it was on a CD, but they don't have my complete medical record. So um, there's two things. One is the things that I... I, I omitted because I was asked to when I did that appeal. And number two, I have the rest of the medical records that cannot, they don't have access to. So I'm wondering, since I appealed once, can I reappeal or? Yeah, it would be putting in a new claim. It would be starting your claim over again. So yes, you can certainly do that. Um, with anything that is, when you originally, you said that you, when they told you not to put in the mental health stuff, did you put it in initially, but you didn't appeal it, or you didn't put it in to begin I, with at all? I never put it because I was embarrassed to, and I didn't know how it was going to affect me. I was freshly out of the military, and I was scared and nervous to put it because I didn't sure. know how that would affect me applying for jobs later on. Sure. Um, and we're yeah. definitely not alone in that. <laughs> that is something, yeah. especially during that time period, that was you know, advised in those ways in which, you know, me yes. working in this industry as I have, as as long as I have it, it gets really frustrating. So a couple of things. One is that, um, yes, you can always reapply or, or apply for the mental health. There is no 
um, time limit on when when you can do that. Like I, I work, I'm working with claims that are people who are dealing with PTSD from Vietnam, and they were, you know, never told or never encouraged or didn't even know that they had PTSD. Didn't know what it was. It wasn't something that was very common. You know, another thing that is very you know, sensitive and often sensitive, and I don't know if this is a situation, but it is. The, is, it is. Mil- it is. Okay. Yeah. It's, um, so anxiety, depression, if it's a military sexual trauma case, that falls under PTSD. There's no time limit really on any disability on filing for a claim. There's just ways in which you can navigate that, and that's what a lot of our office works with with you on. Again, we can't help you file the initial claim, unfortunately. I can certainly connect mm-hmm. you with somebody in the Los Angeles County area or somebody in that area to help you file the claim. Or if you just want to reach out to our office, especially if it's an MST claim, want to reach out to our office, we can certainly help you with how to approach the subject. Um, okay. And then, and, and again, I, I, I'll be honest with you, I have a particular heart for people who are struggling, sounds like you are, of it's the VA, that discouragement that's, oh, you don't, you know, if you, if you file this claim, it's going to be disparaging on you in the civilian world. And I just feel like that's yes. just so wrong. Um, it is, you know, there's very little help for female support out there. I've gone to numerous um, fairs for veterans. Mm-hmm. And I've even met, like, the, you know, the picture takers for, especially here in California, the, you know, for the councilwoman and this and that, and we're helping the veterans, and yet I call, and there's very little support at all, um, especially for female veterans. So, um, yeah, that's all. Well, a couple things, what I would, what I would tell you, so as I, um, I don't want to necessarily dig into your personal claim right now um, on publicly, but if you contact our office, like I said, Star, who's one of the paralegals here, is on the call here with us. Um, Karen is the other person that you might talk to. Both of them are very familiar. If 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 we can't take your case on right away, we can definitely kind of help you. You know, hold your hand kind of through the process of getting things started. Yeah. So reach out to our office. Our uh, our number is eight eight eight. Eight one one zero five two three, but probably the easiest way is to mm-hmm. go to our website, which is veteranslaw.com, and it's veterans with an S, veteranslaw.com, and there's a button that says, see if we can help you, and it'll take you to a consultation form that you fill it out and mm-hmm. um, request a consultation, and you'll get set up with a call with, between either Star or Karen. And if you specifically ask for Star in the, in the write-up, um, she's listening to this call right now, so she'll be able to um, talk with you and kind of just help you not only get started, but um, kind of the, some of the things that we've learned over the years of working with a lot of cases that sound like very similar to yours. Certainly and I would. I, already, I found you online, and I'll definitely be uh, filling out that form and requesting Star. Thank you so much. This is such an amazing program you have. Oh, I thank you. So good it on. Thank you so much. All right, Star, you want to jump in here before she drops off? Yes. So I did just want to bring up one thing, um, how Amanda had said, you know, you're not alone. We see a lot of these. And um, just to get information out there for other veterans that are listening right now, um, you don't have to apply for just PTSD. Even if you're diagnosed with PTSD, a lot of veterans feel like, oh, you know, there's a stigmatism that comes along with that. They might take away certain things from me. So you don't always have to apply just for PTSD if that's what you've been diagnosed with. If you have those underlying conditions of anxiety or depression, 
that fall under PTSD, you can always apply for that if you don't want to apply for the flat-out PTSD. So there are, you know, ways of, instead of, you know, how they kind of kept you from putting in something because they were like, you know, this isn't how you want to go with it because of certain jobs or things like that. I just want veterans to know, like, you can always apply for the smaller, less, like, held stigma, <laughs> I guess. Um, and, the, and the VA... Yeah, and the VA will still uh, get you where you need to go, especially if you work with an office like this. I, we were up against a hard break yeah. here, so we need to um, move on. Bessie, thank you much for so much for calling in, and please reach out to our office. We can definitely help you with that process. Um, you all are listening to The Veteran's Voice. I'm your host here this evening, Amanda Manier, here with co-host Star Borseth, and we are, we'll be right back here in a moment, along with Dallas, as you can hear us, who is our always constant co-host our service dog here in the office this is amanda manier with the veterans voice here on 790 kabc um, we are here talking this evening about all things related to veterans specifically there are veterans benefits but those things that are affecting veterans we're live this evening and taking your calls live if you've got any questions that are related to veterans claims or just want to talk about those things that are affecting veterans i know there's a lot going on in the news right now of that kind of stirs up the military community and the veteran community, um, things going on in Eastern Europe. And, well, there's just a lot of <laughs> joyful things going on in the world. <laughs> um, I definitely try not to get too much into political discussion, um, but I would welcome this to be a place where you guys can call in and kind of share your thoughts. So you're welcome to um, reach out to us about that. Um, our expertise here is veteran benefits. So I'm kind of going to try to redirect it to that place. But our contact number here is 800-222-5222. Um, we're here every Tuesday night between 7 and 8 o'clock. Periodically, we do join you guys on Monday or Wednesday nights as well. So if you're listening in and want to want to tune in on a Monday or Wednesday night especially if there's a USC game going on um, we'll be there but again our number here is 800-222-5222 um, we were talking this evening a little bit about a, a couple of things we were talking about um, some things related to oh, uh, mental health um, claims and sometimes in the early 90s and even prior to that, there was a little bit of uh, discouragement, especially early on in the Vietnam veterans and some of the people that Star and I have worked with. I'm joined here this evening with uh, Star as my co-host. She is a paralegal and a U.S. Air Force veteran, has walked through this process with herself, her family, and many of our clients. We were talking before we went to the break with somebody who was discouraged from filing claims re related to mental health. And I am i didn't get in too much of it, but if that was related to uh, whether it was PTSD, anxiety, if it was related to an, a military sexual trauma, what is often called as MST, um, for the civilians of the world, it really is just a sexual assault, <laughs> or um, but they qualify that under military. And it happens way more often than we would like to... Um, even admit or talk about but I have a particular heart for it as I know Star does as well for people who've been going through that so um, if you're listening in and you've heard the call before or you are listening in just now and have kind of experienced that or want some way to do it 
our office works in VA disability appeals, which means generally you have to have a decision already with the VA in order for us to take you on as a client. But I have given the green light to everybody in my office who answers the phone here that to help veterans that are calling in specifically related to these issues, but in all issues, to at least point them in the right direction or to um, kind of just help them with that, even if we can't take you on as a client at this time, um, we can certainly help um, you. I know a lot of veteran service officers in all throughout the country. I've worked with training many of them, and um, I can generally point you to somebody who'd be able to help. So, Star, welcome back. Thank you for joining us. I don't know if you wanted to chime in on that subject before we move on to something else. Um, I'll give you a couple minutes. I just, yeah, I wanted just to kind of reiterate that, you know, it. I understand that the mental disorders are very, very hard for veterans. Um, it's been hard for a lot of veterans that I have known personally. Um, and I just want to put the word out there that, you know, to get that help, to have that benefit is very, very important. And um, things have changed. Um, so it's, it's never too late to put in a claim, like always put in a claim. Um, and there's, you know, somebody out there that will be able to help you with it. So just, you know, um, try to get the paperwork together from when you are diagnosed and get that submitted to the VA, no matter what type of mental disability it might be. Yeah, and even if you haven't been diagnosed, you know, I mean, there are, yeah. um, you know, you know that I have, you've worked with me for what, about six years? Um, you know that I have the, the handful, if not more armful at this point of time of my quote unquote favorite clients. And, um, you know, many of them or some of them, one particular I'm thinking about was a Vietnam veteran, him and his wife, Southern couple, lived in South Carolina, just the sweetest two people that could possibly be. But he struggled when he got back from Vietnam and he, she stuck by him and they loved each other, but it was hard. And it wasn't until, you know, and she never wanted to say anything bad about him. He was always a good father and a good husband. And, but he struggled very, very much with, he was drafted into Vietnam and wasn't something that he signed up for and saw some really hard things. And so, you know, helping them through that process, you know, they were told when they got home to keep your mouth shut, don't tell anybody you were in Vietnam, you know, so not only was PTSD not something we commonly talked about, but even Vietnam veterans coming home were not people who were like welcomed home as heroes. And so he had spent, you know, 20, 30 years of his life that he just, um, never knew what to do with all of that. And when he found out what to do with it, it was one of the, it was an army reunion that he went to. And he talked with some of his, you know, buddies that he had been overseas with and been in Vietnam with, and they helped him with, oh, yeah, those, I got help and you should get help. And so he finally reached out to help. And then initially the VA denied him because they didn't deny him. They underrated him. They granted his PTSD, but they underrated him. And um, it took a while and it took a little bit of, you know, in, influence by me and his wife and working with them for them him to be truly honest with the VA about how bad it is. And again, you were talking about a little bit of a stigma and like that, that's, there's that honor and that pride that you don't, it's hard to admit that you need that kind of help, but this is what the exactly. VA is for. You know, it was, it was part of what we agreed to do to help you. Um, and I feel, especially for those who got drafted, they, it wasn't something that they signed up for and initially, you know, expected to do with their lives. So, um, I, I believe we have a caller, Leslie, in Huntington Beach. Do you want to join us? Leslie, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hi, Amanda. Hi. I have a quick question. Sure. Um, hi. 
my dad was a World War II vet, and I'm blessed that he's still got his mind, and he's doing great, and he's going to be 97 next month. But wow. our question, or for us, our question is, um, back in March of 2019, my dad and I went to a Veterans Administration office where he was checked for um, hearing. Well, actually, not for hearing. He was, he was actually, we went there to see what we could do for his hearing, mm-hmm. and the man said, oh, yeah, you, you, you can do this and all that. Well, then the pandemic hit, and then, unfortunately, it was kind of shelved. And then uh, we got the local um, official, the government official, to help us. And then they wanted us to redo all the paperwork, and we sent that in. And finally, finally, in the early part of February, we went to go and do a hearing test at a, an area here in, locally, and... Um, yes, it was determined his hearing was bad. So we were thinking, okay, great, finally he'll get some hearing aids. But today we received a check from the Treasury for compensation, which is wonderful, but we're confused. There was no letter with it or what. Is this mm-hmm. something he'll be getting now? Yeah. <laughs> or Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's one of these really bizarre things that happens with the VA is it takes forever for them to do anything except issue payment <laughs> that seems to come i can't tell you how often i get calls from veterans who get a deposit into their account or a check and they don't know what it's for yeah. because they haven't actually gotten the decision in the mail and so it's it's really bizarre so i would say that you probably would expect to get a what's called a rating decision from the va i would say give it one to two weeks maybe three weeks because there's been some mail issues lately and it'll tell you what that is for and generally it'll be okay we've service connected his hearing and we've given him a certain percentage so whatever he's getting paid for like the the three elements to a service-connected decision that you're getting compensated for is you had some sort of injury in service, you have a current disability, so it looks like they're looking at, okay, he has a current disability of a hearing that they do believe is related to or started in service, and then they give them a percentage, right. a 10, 20, 30, whatever percentage, and then they'll issue you okay. a payment for that for from the time that you've initially, so if you went in March of 2019, it probably goes back to that date. And then he will get from there forward a a check every month for whatever that percentage is. So it's a little... Yeah, the check on the... Oh, I'm sorry. On the check bottom, it just said from like December 1st, 21 to uh, January 31st, 22. Okay. And what... Can can you tell me what the dollar amount was? Just ballpark? Just curious. Yeah, $6,272. Okay, so it sounds like they probably rated him maybe around a 10% going back to that March okay. date. Um, okay. Or if it's just for the last couple of months, then when you get the decision, you have to look at if all they did, say they rated him at like a 60%, which is a pretty significant hearing loss, and that's only for the last couple months, then you gotta, then, then that's an appeal right there that they should have rated that back to March of 2019 if that's when his claim was put in. So when you get that decision, right. that would be something that, like I'll just tell you straight out. If you get the decision and they have only rated him as of a couple of months ago, that's certainly mm-hmm. something to contact our office about and we'll help you sort that out because it sounds like either they rated him as a, a like a ten percent for the last couple of years and that's why you got that lump sum, or they messed up the rating because the one of the things I wanted to talk about this evening was effective dates. And if we, you know, 
get off of this call in our last segment, I'm going to address that. So if you're able to listen in, I'm going to address some issues with effective dates, that the VA does that crap all the time, for lack of a better word, that I can't <laughs> say on the radio, <laughs> um, that they, they, yeah. they misestablish an effective date, and a veteran gets something, and they're like, oh, wow, I got a check for $6,000. That's awesome. I didn't expect that. And they just move on. And I, and I step back right. and look at that, and I'm like, they're cheating you out of two and a half years of disability. You know, right. so that's part of my job is to make I sure that you get what your, your dad gets what he's supposed to get. Right, and I'm angry because it's been um, going on for two, what, what three yep. years now, yeah, and COVID I've had to go through all the hoops to keep doing this, mm. and then it's like they throw, like you said, the check ad, but we don't know what it's for, and there's right. no hearing aid, so what's the diff? Yeah, exactly. And we're about to go up to, to break. Um, but Leslie, if you if you can stay on a little bit, or you don't you don't have to stay on, you can hang up. But if you listen in a little bit, I'm going to address some effective date thing that might help shed some light on what you're going through. But once he's service connected, he can get, then get coverage for those hearing aids. So that this might be step one in the rest of your process. Awesome. Well, I thank you for also doing the show, and we appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Leslie. We will be right back. This is Amanda Manier with the Veterans Voice on 790 KABC. Thank you, Star, for joining us. This is Amanda Manier, your host here at the Veterans Voice. We are all here talking about veterans benefits and just things related to veterans that are affecting everybody, all of the veterans and their families right now. Um, we've worked within about 25 years of working with veterans and their families, helping them navigate the process. This evening, we are taking our calls live. If you'd like to reach out to us at 800-222-5222. I know we've had the phones backed up a little bit this evening, um, but I understand Mel, one of our favorite callers, is on. Mel, are you with us? Hey, thank you for being on again. Oh, absolutely. How are you this evening? I'm okay. Sadly, I was so tired. I missed your show last week, and you were talking about great stuff. Ah, I'm hope sorry. To, hope I can get a copy somewhere. Like that. You mentioned two things I thought were really important for all of us to write to our House misrepresentatives, um, mm -hmm. and that was the VA benefits bill. And what is there a bill member associated with that? Are you talking about the proposed regulations? Yes. Yeah, it, it isn't a bill in the House of Congress. when they, This is in a regulatory, so it's within the VA, and it's regulations that are being published for commentary under the Federal Register. And um, so it's not, it's not a bill to contact Congress about. It's a point in which you can respond to the proposed benefits. And if you need those, you can certainly reach out to us, and we'll give you the link for that. But... It, it's it's broadcast all over the place right now. I got a blast email last Tuesday, which lit up our office and our radio show last week. Oh, great. Well, thank you for what you're doing for us. I had a hard time providing feedback to the VA because I talked to a uh, an officer who just didn't really seem to care about the veterans or the homeless issue for veterans. Mm -hmm. I got a kind of like, I'm really too busy to talk to you about this. I've got to go... Uh, um, feed my cat type attitude. <laughs> and who, what do you mean an officer? What kind of officer? Well, I was the head of one of the VA facilities. I don't know okay. get anybody uh, impugned here, but it was the downtown VA. No way. Uh, on Temple and uh, Alameda. 
Sure. I'm always, when people say that they go into the VA and they ask questions, you know, there's a lot of organizations that have offices within the VA. I, I know down in San Diego, you go on the first floor of the VA, and if you go to the left, you get the VA compensation office. If you go past the elevators, you get DAV, VFW, County Veterans Service Officers, w Wounded Warriors. So a lot of times people get confused as to who they're talking to, you know, and... and <laughs> Uh, and um, I got sort of a, like, I don't really care much attitude. She didn't say that, but it was very, very obvious in the in the voice and the lack of response. And I hmm. sometimes really don't know what to do. Um, we've had good you know, veteran, um, well, I don't know what the right term for it, a veteran way. People who represent the VA in the mm -hmm. past, but it's changed that. And I'm trying to also get you to uh, meet this guy that helps the veterans out at the West LA facility. And mm -hmm. um, he's actually been arrested for putting an American flag on the American fence mm -hmm. to bring attention to the veterans. He has personally bought tents and sleeping bags for. Yeah, there's there has been a lot of um, goings on up there in Los Angeles with regards to the homeless population and and um, you know, like I said earlier in the show, it's like I try not to get too caught up in the political sphere of what's going on, but I, at the end of the day, I want to make sure that people are are taken care of and getting what they're in, entitled to be getting, and um, you know and whatever we can help them. So, you know, sometimes it's not a government answer to the problem. It's more of I, the government needs to get out of the way and let some of the local nonprofits help with what's going you know, on and people who actually understand. Right. Yeah. Right. And thank you for what you and Star are doing. I've talked with her real briefly also. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's up to us uh, who are veterans to try to use whatever experience we have to try to guide other people in positions. Yeah. Maybe they don't know what's happening. Sadly, there's a lot of people who are not veterans who work there, so they don't get it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> it's... It, it's funny you say that because I can almost predict at times when I'm working with the VA, um, those who are veterans and those who are not. And even on top of that, um, Star, you would probably join me in this. You also know some that are non-combat veterans versus combat veterans and how the way that they treat clients. Star, I'll let you jump oh, in here. And Mel, <laughs> thank you so much for calling. I want, I'm going to let you drop off and let Star say something. And then I want to address the uh, effective date issue that I mentioned to uh, our caller previously to going to break. I did just want to say, Mel, um, I did get your message, and I will send you um, some more information and give you a call back with the information um, that you're looking for, okay? Yeah, I think he dropped off after that. So okay. uh, what, I, what I want to do is it's something that is like I, I I'm have plenty to go in on a future show with this, but I want to touch on it briefly because it's something that we're seeing over and over again, and it's one of those things that gets under my skin about um, – the VA, uh, oh, I don't copping out. I want to say copping out, or punting, or whatever we want to call it. And that it's the effective date issue. So, for those of you who are listening that maybe don't know, understand the VA stuff or are new to it, it's 
when you get rated for something with the VA, it's a first important thing is getting service connected. So they're saying this disability that you have is related to your service. The second thing is the evaluation, what percentage they give you for that particular disability, which affects your overall disability, which relates to how much you get paid per month. And the third thing is the effective date of that percentage. And so generally, the easiest answer to an effective date is it's effective the day that you file your claim. So if I served from 1992 to 1996, I filed a claim last year in 2001 for a psychological you know, depression, PTSD, and I got rated, the, say, 30% for that. That 30% is going to be dated or effective the date that I filed that claim. And why that's important is because that's the day I, date I start getting paid my compensation for it. What happens with the VA is that they mess up those effective dates all the time, So, for especially in the appeals. So for example, um, Star, if you filed a claim in 2020, January of 2020, and we had somebody on here recently, or it was a Bessie was talking about the, um, the, the waiting through COVID to get an examination. So here's one of the big mistakes that the VA makes. You, f you file a claim in January of 2020, because of COVID, you don't get actually examined for that disability until August of 2021 or 2022. And the VA says, okay, we have a diagnosis for you in August of 2022, and you have a 10% and we're giving it to you based upon the date of your diagnosis. And a lot of veterans will then take that and say, oh, oh okay, I got that disability connected and I'm my lawyer brain is going off going you filed that claim in January 2020 <laughs> and the reason why you filed is because you were having that disability at that time so there are ways in which the VA will mess up those effective dates and one of the biggest is that they give the effective date as of the date of an examination it happens most often with an increase where you file for an increase and you wait for a year or two years or whatever to get that examination then they give it to you based upon that examination date and that's a complete misapplication of the law is it's not the date in which the VA received the medical evidence it's the date in which ev medical evidence says that you had that disability so if you're going into your doctor or to that CNP examination and they're saying asking you about your symptoms be sure to tell them that your symptoms have been there since X date give it a ballpark and so the evidence in the medical record says it's as of this date and then they're supposed to and the VA will screw it up I promise you they'll screw it up a lot of times and that's why we're here to help is that yeah. they you and they'll, they'll what I call cheat you out of two and a half years of disability benefits and so effective dates are something and I'm going to I'm going to do a little bit more of an extensive call or a recording or maybe a YouTube video. We do have a YouTube channel that I want to get into that because I always look at it as the VA is cheating you out of that earlier effective date. They're they're copying out, they're punting, they are making it easy for themselves in order to do that and I could get into a lot of this and Star, I know you want to chime in, but we're up against a hard deadline. And I just want to tell everybody, thank you so much this evening 
for reaching out to us, for calling, for asking the questions. Um, if you have any further questions and you want to reach out to us directly throughout the week, veteranslaw.com, or you can find us through Veterans Law Group on all of social media, or send us an email at veteransvoice at veteranslaw.com. We will see you next week. Thank you so much, and thank you for your service.